I hope everyone had a great week and it's time for another conversation. And this week we have none other than Justin Wells, the Kentucky-based singer-songwriter, joining us for a great episode of Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. I'm your host, Jonathan Green. Remember, you can find Hops and Spirits on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Spirits, all one word. Find us there, like us, because we do great giveaways, beer reviews, bourbon reviews, you name it, we do it, and we have a lot of fun with it. And remember, we're in the midst of Whiskey Weeks, presented by Obergatlinburg. Come discover all the wonderful things that Obergatlinburg Ski Area and Amusement Park has to offer. Experience breathtaking views as you ride the aerial tramway from downtown Gatlinburg to the mountaintop to play, shop, and dine. Summer tubing, wildlife encounter, coaster, ice bumper cars, alpine slide, chairlift, year-round ice skating, and much more equals fun for everyone. During the winter months, enjoy snow tubing, skiing, or snowboarding, or play in the Cubby Snow Zone with your little ones. Fun festivals round out the calendar with Mayfest in the spring and Oktoberfest each fall. A mountaintop of fun and excitement high above Gatlinburg is waiting for you at Ober Gatlinburg. And let's not waste any more time, and let's get into the conversation with Kentucky-based singer-songwriter Justin Wells, who recently released The United State. His new album, which is out now. Justin, thanks for taking some time to talk music and life with us. Yeah, Jonathan, thanks for having me. Now, how would you, for those that either know you or may not know know about you, how would you describe your music? Because I know you showed up on like the alt-country Americana, but <laughs> I, I feel like there's a little bit more to it than just that. Uh, yeah, thank you. I take that as a compliment. I don't know. That's the, the question my manager keeps asking me to answer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. If when you have, I guess, an accent, when you come from kind of rural areas, uh, they they put you in in one thing. Um, but uh, I listen to a lot of kind of music, and that shows up. And um, if it's country, if it's whatever Americana is, that's fine. And then, obviously, you know, you you just dropped the United States um, in, in in August, a little over a month ago. Uh, what can folks expect with that when they when they listen to it for the first time or even the twentieth time? Hopefully, the same question you previously asked, which is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what genre is this? Well, that that's kind of you know the very very um, early birthings of of the idea of this album was thinking on genre and how it kind of applies to different um, you know phases of your life. I don't know about you, but for me, there's there's been different periods that different types of music spoke to, you know, a little better than others. I, I don't know that that heartbreak that comes to country music really can hit home until you've had that heartbreak, et cetera. Um, and so I, I wanted to utilize that and speak to that a little bit and kind of, um, you know, show all of my interests while also speaking to those phases of life with this album. And then I was going to say, I, I thought that was pretty interesting how you came at this album because it's your second solo album uh your your debut dawn dawn in the distance uh was a lot of songwriting kind of reflection i'm guessing this one you came in with a a thought process of you had steps that you wanted to take and and that's how you followed it why, how, why did you go that way and, and can you explain that that journey on this album it's just an idea i had a while back and to be honest i i really expected this to be a little further down the road maybe my third or fourth album um for a variety of reasons, uh, it seemed to, to be a little, um, more timely now, uh, something I I don't even want to say a reflection on kind of what we're looking at, but 
the whole idea behind all this was thinking about the human experience and what we can all boil down to, you know, you, me, um, our folks, uh, you know, people across the country, people outside this country, you know, what is that kind of common denominator? And a lot of that, frankly, really tying back into your first question, a lot of that is what makes country music and what makes blues and, and a lot of roots things is, you know, that human endeavor, be it heartbreak, be it love, be it, you know, birth, death, all this kind of fundamental things. Um, so I wanted to do that and I want to do that sequentially, you know, as in the same way that these phases of life happen. Uh, so I, you know, I had a sequence and I had a kind of general idea of what I wanted each song to sound like before I had any songs. <laughs> so that was, that was a little restrictive as somebody who, um, you know, I don't, I don't have towers of songs. I don't, uh, I don't write 50 songs a day. Like a lot of, like some writers claim. I, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, you literally, I think when, when you released it, it, you said this record starts in the womb and it ends after death. It's the shared human experience. I mean, how, how was that process like writing kind of, like you said, I mean, very sp- strategic spots. I mean, that's kind of a, an interesting way to go about it in terms of from, de- from birth to death. Well, I, you know, what, you know, the idea had been banging around, I, I thought that it would, and it did. I thought that it would take quite a bit of time. Um, we landed on wanting this to be the second record and, and very little, if any of it was written. I, I had one song that I, that I had showed my producer and he's like, that we need to do that. I'm like, well, it's not written yet. <laughs> so he said, uh, go write it. So I, I, I hopped to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we we put out exactly what I wanted to put out and what I had envisioned a few years ago. I was going to say, I think uh, two of my favorite songs, are, they kind of come, one comes at the at the start and one kind of comes at the end, end. And one of them is the lead single, The Screaming Song, which is uh, kind of a bittersweet uh, meditation on the wonder and terror of coming into the world. Uh, Wide Open Country said it captures the resiliency and unbreakable spirit of humanity. And then I also really loved It'll All Work Out you know, which is kind of talking about love and, and things like that. Uh, you know, I'm, well, that's kind of an interesting th- thing because you get the, the youthfulness, exuberance at the beginning and then kind of the, you know, we're, we're a little older now, so so to speak, in, in the back half. Uh, what's it like pulling back to, to writing those type of songs, you know, kind of back to when you were younger and then later on where you're a little older? Um, it's, you know, it's a little easier for me to get in the headspace of, uh, younger in that I'm a parent. I've got identical twin girls that are eight years old and, uh, and a couple nephews who are younger. So I get to kind of see that. Um, and in fact, the screaming song that you mentioned was, you know, I started writing that after my, my nephew was born. It really, the more challenging was the older, basically the things I've not lived through. Um, you know, so again, I kind of tried to touch on my parents' experiences and, uh, you know, in around this time, I lost my grandmother and, and kind of speaking to that strength that she faced, you know, the end of her life with and, and these kinds of things. So, uh, you know, I like to say that Dawn in the Distance, the first record was very kind of my own experiences and autobiographical, but I, I try to really pull from a lot of others uh, with this record. And then on this one, you got to work with producer Dwayne Lundy, who's 
you know, worked with everyone from from Ringo Starr to Sturgill Simpson's Sunday Valley. What was it like working with him? And you you, you mentioned it's a community. Um, I read that that somewhere. You know, it wasn't just him. It was a, a whole heck of a team. What was it like working with him and that that team? Well, Dwayne, this is Dwayne did Dawn in the Distance as well, and in fact, mixed uh, my last band's my previous band's last album. Uh, so I've known Dwayne a long time. Dwayne's become one of my best friends and uh, we spend a lot of time, you know, not working together. But when we talked about this and what we wanted to do and, and some of the kind of things I was listening to and uh, the places I wanted to go, which, again, I know we kind of keep circling around to genre. That's one of the things I get frustrated with with a lot of the roots genres is there's this kind of um I don't know. I feel, I feel like a lot of people are tethered to traditionalism uh, and that's cool. And I'm not poo-pooing on that, but uh, I don't want to be, you know, I, I listen to a lot of different things and I want to be able to do uh, whatever it is I want to do. So when we started talking about this, we really started talking about how big I wanted it to be, um, how we would make that happen. And uh, you know, typical Dwayne, any, anything I was looking for, he had, he had a guy or a gal, you know, that would fit that role. And so a lot of these musicians are turned musicians and, um, you know, that took some time to kind of get schedules together. I mean, this ended up working out in over the course of like three studios in three different States and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't ask for a a better, (laughs) crew of musicians now jesus if i could get them all together on one show that'd be that'd be one heck of a show i was gonna say that that would be a a a great night uh for sure um you also i think were a little unsure about releasing this album when you did why was that and i'm guessing you're 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 good with that now because it's been an enjoyable album to listen to well you know being an independent musician um a lot of my you know, a lot of how I make this all work is, is, uh, by traveling and touring and being on the road, um, which I love is kind of my favorite part of the job and, and connecting with people. And, and that's what we're all missing, um, right now. So I, I thought that with any sort of strategy, et cetera, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, and this is kind of right as the pandemic was beginning, we were looking at like a late spring release, uh, and so I was like, well, maybe we just need to sit on this. And, uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought about, um, what the record, what I want it to mean to people. Um, it's kind of like no better time than now. Uh, and certainly people need music and people need, um, some positivity to kind of counteract everything else. So I hope I've contributed in some small way to that. I, I would say you have, you have the, the album, the United States is, is a, a great one to listen to beginning to end. Like you wanted it. Um, uh, you, you got a couple shows coming up, but what's it been like to not be able to perform shows. And then even when you do, do get to, it's a little different than in the past. Cause I'm guessing you, you, you mentioned you're a touring musician. I'm sure that's where you get a lot of your, yeah, that's a lot of the energy comes from. How is it now kind of in this weird world that we're in? Well, we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did just do a, a solo show, um, very socially distanced in this theater owned by the city down in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And, uh, you know, so uh, a number of seats between individuals and people very spread out. Uh, I like to joke that, you know, 
a good chunk of the beginning of my career was playing for no one. So I'm not really intimidated by it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but really I've not done a show with my band since February. Um, so, you know, if you're in the central Kentucky area and you want to see <laughs> how I sound rustier than I've ever been since I was about 16, <laughs> come, come on out. <laughs> I was going to say, you got two shows coming up, one at the Borough in Lexington, uh, Kentucky on the 16th, and then another one in Indianapolis on the 22nd. Uh, I mean, did you think about doing like any virtual stuff over, over the quarantine or were you kind of like, that's just not my thing and that's not how I'm going to be able to connect? Yeah. Um, you know, I've had <laughs> my team or like people around me kind of uh, suggest that I go that route. I know that maybe that's a revenue stream for some people, but um, I'm not really, you know, this is not any sort of judgment on anybody that is doing that, but uh, that's not really what I'm in this for. You know, I I get, I get a lot from the live show. Um, I like to think that I get at least as much as anybody else that shows up from the live show and that connection. And uh, I think that whatever, whatever special about that, whatever kind of magic exists in those um in the clubs and and these venues uh i don't see how that can translate in any way you know via a screen and via a phone um so i you know i just i'm choosing not to do that uh i know that at least one of these shows that i have coming up that's kind of a a side aspect of the show as they're streaming it um and that's fine you know i want to keep these venues open but uh for me um I just didn't wait the thing out, man. And now you're based in Kentucky. You you moved up here when you were younger, originally from Louisiana. So it's not hard to call you a Southern boy. How did that uh, upbringing from the South kind of mold you personally and musically? Uh, You know, you deal with some isolation. I mean, I I grew up down there in Louisiana. We were at the end of a dead end road. And then, uh, and in, in Kentucky, I grew up on the edge of Harrison County. Um, you know, you're not uncomfortable with traveling down a highway by yourself, and you do a bit of that doing what I do. Uh, and I don't know. I, I can't say that this is exclusively Southern, but it makes, you know, part of my upbringing, I think this is more even my family than necessarily regional. But, uh, you know, I'm comfortable talking to people, and I'm comfortable listening to people and, and – uh, it doesn't have to be kind of this quick paced thing. Um, but again, I want to underline, I, I don't, I don't think that's exclusive to the South. I mean, I've been all over this country and, and, uh, people were familial and kind everywhere. You just, you might not be able to understand their accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's what you got, right? A nice accent, right? <laughs> yeah. That's my genre. I think. <laughs> now, yeah, I, I read, you know, you, and you mentioned it even earlier that, you know, you, you, you loved all kind of different music, you know, Pink Floyd, you know, to, to country. What, what drew you to music and was, were you just someone that just loved almost everything there was about music? Yeah. I don't know if I have a good answer for you. I mean, uh, I think that that when, you know, looking at the time, it didn't seem like anything, um, you know, I don't know that anybody would have necessarily noticed that there was maybe like any sort of aptitude or anything like that. But but looking back, you know, I grew up in a church like I mean, this is just like a cliche. Um, but I was always interested in like singing those bass parts or really any harmony parts. So already 
uh, I was kind of not into just doing the melody and doing what everybody's doing. Um, and then I don't know, man, you know, part of it too, being kind of like a weird kid growing up in a, in a small town in Kentucky where kind of like, um, you know, it was, it was this strange, like confluence of hip hop and country, like nineties country was like, was like the jam then. Um, and like, if you didn't like country, you were, <laughs> you were pretty ostracized. And, and, and I think I rebelled against that. And so, yeah, it was like Guns N' Roses, Pink Floyd, basically what is now classic rock. Um, it was still cool a few years after the fact. And of course it's still cool today, but, uh, like I said earlier, man, you just kind of, I think got to get that heartbreak. I, I, I'm still not necessarily in love with that kind of nineties pop country, um, uh, or I, I don't really have any feelings one way or the other. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with it, but, uh, you know, you just had to get to the meat of it, man. I, I think, I think that's with any genre. I think if you say you don't like a genre, you probably not heard what you like yet. And now going back a little ways, you touched on this earlier too, you know, you were previously with the Southern rock band fifth on the floor and they were doing some big things. Um, you know, you had dates with Chris Stapleton, Sturgill Simpson, so several other big names. Uh, and then after your third album, you guys decided to kind of part ways. What was that like to kind of see something that you helped grow into something big, decide to take a break? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, we, we couldn't have picked the worst time to, to jettison from Kentucky music. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was difficult, man. It it was, um, it was, it came about kind of suddenly and, uh, I didn't really have a plan B. Um, and, uh, so, uh, you know, we, at this point I was a father and I was a husband and, and, you know, I had obligations, um, outside of my own personal, you know, what I wanted to do. Uh, so I, I didn't know what to do. And, and I had some kind of long talks with my wife and, uh, and, and quitting was not an option. So I just started writing and speaking of that, and that, that was that first, uh, solo record was basically, uh, you know, almost a divorce album from that band, uh, amicable though it may be, it's still, uh, pretty difficult for me. And I'm sure for the boys too. I was going to say Dawn in the distance, uh, was, was what came out of that, your solo debut. It ended up hitting number three on Amazon's Alt Country Americana chart, racked up more than a million streams on Spotify. I'm guessing did that kind of put the wind back in your sails to to see things like that happen when you you went the solo route? Uh, I certainly did. I mean, you know, I, I think what I'm doing now, of course, is a little bit different from Fifth on the Floor. Uh, although I was, you know, I was the songwriter, the primary songwriter in that band and the primary voice, but you know, that was a, that was a true collaboration. And, and what I do now is a collaboration. Um, you know, you're talking about the group of, of guys and gals that I put together for this newest record. Um, you know, I just get to put my name on all the merch, but, uh, that's not to, you know, trivialize any other, uh, big and small, um, contribution musically. And then that album earned some good praise as well. You know, Rolling Stone said it was, you know, held its gift for melody, saving country music, you know, praise uh, the stunning insight and honesty of your lyrics. Obviously you're not in it for, for praise and things like that, but that had to feel good when you know you, you look back and you said you had all no plan B I'm guessing this plan B worked out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I dig all that, man. All, all that helps people hear about the music and I'm, and I'm grateful for all these websites and these blogs and publications and, and, you know, guys like you and the podcast. Um, but man, I, I, again, that, that, the connection with the people listening to the music, uh, when, when I get to talk to people and kind of get personal feedback on a non-professional level, um, that's what I live for and making that connection, you know, anytime you, you got a feeling that you're maybe struggling to deal with, uh, I, I just think one of the greatest things, one of the, you know, greatest parts of being a songwriter is having that connection with somebody else, having that bad period, dark period, whatever, somebody else has gone through that. And that, that always makes you feel better. It made me feel better when I was a kid listening to these songs, you know, these songs that I loved. And if I can do that, um, I'm doing all right. And then you mentioned, you know, uh, in the past shooter Jennings, you know, you, you wouldn't be here without him. What, what has he meant to your career and, and things like that? Cause I've seen that a few different places about you talking about how, how shooter played a big role. Uh, shooter produced fifth on the floor's last full length. And that was actually the first album he had produced that was not his own. Um, and shooter of course has gone on. I mean, shooter was a name then, but as a producer, uh, maybe not so much. And he's gone on to um, <laughs> win some Grammys here lately and produce some big names. I know his album that he did on Marilyn Manson is doing real well right now. Uh, and Brandy Carlisle is a part of that and Tanya Tucker and, and these things. I mean, he's always had that gift and that talent. Uh, and I remember him saying, you know, he'd most often rather be in the studio than on a stage. Uh, he just sees things big. And again, you know, it's similar to me. He's not really interested in, you know, walking well-trod ground. Uh, he doesn't mind getting a little out of the box. Um, but he took a chance on us and put his name on a thing and, uh, and has been a friend before and since, and, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of a confidant and, 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 a, and an unpaid manager at times for me. So, uh, I'm very appreciative and, and it seems unlikely that some of the successes I've enjoyed would have happened if he hadn't gone to bat for me. I was going to say he, he went to bat for a good one, Justin, and, and I've loved your music. Just found it not too long ago and, uh, and I've really enjoyed it. And for those that want to find out more about you, um, or, or where to, to listen, uh, how can they do so? Uh, my website is justinwellsmusic.com and, uh, you should be able to find me anywhere you listen to music or someone's getting fired. <laughs> well, I can say, I know I found it on Spotify, so it is for sure there. And I, I know it's uh, available elsewhere. You can, like you said, you can find them at justinwellsmusic.com and it'll be performing Friday, October 16th at the Burl in Lexington, Kentucky with Abby Hamilton for the United States album release show. I'm sure it's a little later than you wanted, but you finally get to have that show, right, Justin? Here we are. And Justin, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk music in your life. Jonathan, thanks for having me. Thank you again to Justin Wells for hopping on the Hops and Spirits Bar Conversation special edition of the podcast. It was a lot of fun. His album, The United State, is out now. And don't forget, for those in Central Kentucky or that are willing to travel to Central Kentucky, he's got a show at the Burl this weekend. It's uh, his first show in a long time with his full band. You don't want to miss it. Remember, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hopspirit, all one word, because we've got a great giveaway coming up for you here for Whiskey Weeks. And our next episode features Trip Stimson, a barrel craft spirit. You won't want to miss it. Until next time, cheers, everyone.